The third one is also most important, most important here. On the karmic point, again, the technicality or whatever it is, the reality or technicality here, the most important point is the motivation. The motivation here is again, I'm not talking about the usual motivation. I have good motivation. I sort of, I did for better for you. And that type of motivation, what we are talking, is a normal sort of thing. I'm talking about here very specific motivation. The motivation that influences by the point of the three principles. Do you understand what I mean? Three principles. The motivation that has been influenced by thought of determination to be free by the individual. So that every positive karma that you have will contribute towards liberating the individual out of a circle of miserable life. Otherwise, no. If you don't have that motivation, it will never contribute to become nirvana, the technically Sanskrit name they call it nirvana, free of suffering. It doesn't become. All good karmas that you have, all good karmas will become lucky karma. Those karma can bring you, give you a good rebirth in human beings, human realm, as a wealthy, healthy, rotten young boy or girl. And that is the lucky karma produces. Yeah, really true. Wealthy, healthy, rotten, spoiled, young. I think the word's bad, but anyway. So that's the, that is the lucky karma produces. True. It will, instead of producing a total liberation, total free from the total suffering, or bringing to of the enlightenment level, but instead of that, they will produce that type of result. So which is, would we categorize as a lucky karma? You can be reborn as a, as a children of Rockefeller or something. So that's how the lucky karma produces. And then not to waste positive karma in that manner to bring a liberation, it needs the influence of the determination to be free, the principle one. To, to go beyond that, to be able to become a fully enlightened being, to be able to serve to all sentient beings, to be able to benefit to all sentient beings, to be able to become fully enlightened beings, you have to have a very strong, unlimited, unconditioned compassion influence in that. Each positive karma should have the influence of unlimited and unconditioned compassion. Our compassion have a condition. Our love have conditions. It's all conditions. No matter how much you say, 
you say, wow, he is great or she is great. But there's, uh, there's a wonderful blah, 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 blah. But always that has condition. Normal American mantra, what's in there for me? What's in there for me is a normal American mantra. <laughs> so that is our condition. So if you have a, a total compassion, unconditioned love and compassion, then every tiny little positive karma, whatever you do, even giving a piece of food to a street dog, to whatever, will go direct cause to become a total enlightenment. These are the very important points that the Buddha shared, Buddha introduced, and that's called part. So what does that make a difference? Good, positive, wonderful. That's not enough. You've got to do on top of that, this, 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 to be able to bring this, this, this result. And that is karma. Is it clear to you? So when you say karma, that's really what it is. Just sitting there, not doing anything, is not enough. You have to do it, you have to act. Just acting there is not enough. You have to have a positive, good motivation. Just having an, a, a positive motivation is not enough. You should have great compassion in it. Just having great compassion enough, just having great compassion is not enough. To cut the ignorance, you should have influence of wisdom in it. When you've been able to bring these three things together, it is a sort of the three things are the most important thing in karmic. And when you bring those three things together, then you do nothing. You just keep on sleeping all the time. Or even then, you've been building a positive karma like that of a snowstorm, more than snowstorm constantly, continuously is building up. And that is the technicality or, or whatever it is. This sort of the trick is this. In the karmic, the really trick is to have the three principles rolled in it. Once you have that, you can sleep till 12 at night, 12 at, day, 12 at noon, and get up a couple of hours to go back to sleep, it's fine. Nothing's wrong. You're building up enough positive karma all the time. So that is basically how karma works. And in the normal karmic rules, in the traditional teaching, will not give you these other things. What I'm talking about, the three principles moving in it in order to give you during the teaching of the karma point. That is the teaching system. It's not. But it is the main, main part is this. That's why if you look back all the, some of the stories that I told you earlier, 
and most of many of them will tell you it depends on your mind, it depends on your mind, how your mind is set up. And they really trace back to those. And this is the reason why. To know the karma, how to work, is the one thing. By knowing it on top of that, and then how to handle that within the individual. What a maximum benefit you can get. Maximum benefit, minimum efforts. That's what we needed on the karma. Because if you have to work each and every karma for build up something, it is impossible. We don't have enough time to do none. So what we need is the maximum benefit, minimum efforts. That really is. And that is the three principal part projects, and it is influence. Mostly, it is influence in mind. Influence, in other words, uh, the, every karma that you have should be made out of three principal parts. Like this piece of little cloth here is made out of a cotton. And instead of like a cotton, and you need the three principal parts in, in there. So every karma that you have is produced by the material of the three principles of the path. Then you are rich. Then you are then you are really a rich of a spiritual path. You are rich of a positive karma. If not, no matter how much money you have, you are not rich, you are poor. Why? Because our positive karma, you are taking it out, cashing it out. It's like eating out of your savings in normal American language, again. Eating out of your savings, or living on my savings, or living on my retirement when I'm 30 years old or something. And just like that, and all other things, you are living on that. It is cutting down your positive store not building up. But once you have this influence of three principal part, done. Nothing is reducing positive. Whatever is reduced is negative. Maximum benefit, minimum efforts. Okay? I guess I have nothing more to say on karma. You have a question? Good. If I wanted to take a vow not to kill, but I know that the life that I live, I'm going to have circumstances where I have to choose to kill. I'm having an infestation right now of carpenter ants. And um, my daughters will keep killing them if I don't prevent them from being there, and they're destroying the house. I know I have to take care of the situation, but it also keeps me from ever taking a vow because I know that I will break it. And I know I can purify and all that, but at the same time, I have this feeling about that being, you know, I definitely will break it. Today, Tim came to my house with his friend. And uh, they went upstairs on my attic. And actually, we found another way to get in the attic is... Uh, in, in from my closet, there's a one little hole up there you can jump up. And whenever I never found that till today. 
and because from another one in the uh, one in the one room there they get up and uh, so they cut that there's a big wall they cut that limit so they said there's a wall the other side of the wall that things are happening so there must be one we look up and down and finally I found one in my closet so Tim's friend went up there and then I was on my nori track Tim came out and Tim came out and he said do you know that uh, you have what did you say you have hundreds of holes huh hornets up there oh Oh, so I said, what is hornet? <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, come, and there's a little, little bees that falling down, all of those. He said, hundreds of them there. So I said, oh, no wonder I've been hearing some kind of noise in there. In there, we, we draw a conclusion that it is the screen window which is vibrating by the wind and making the zzzz sound. <laughs> Isn't that a stupid? <laughs> so it is a hornet. So I said, what are we going to do? I said, well, they're so cold and they're almost dead and many of them are dead and some are just barely moving. And they said, if you, then we said, well, he said, if you have so many, then you have to get exterminator. I'm fine. So let us get some kind of spirit and get them out. And uh, that's what you have to do. You have to live. And the normal, I think you cannot have absolutely pure life. It is impossible. That's not for me to say it. I should be saying it, you have to have a pure lie, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, it is not possible. If you drive a car, if you're living in dirt road, mind you, if it's summer, how many insects are going to be killed under the wheel? If you grow food, living in the farm, which particularly what we call it healthy food and not using any chemicals but even then you have to dig the ground you're not going to grow food without digging ground do we you cannot that's not possible and if you use a mechanical or electronic uh, machine which you will rotate the ground and how many insects are going to go in there even you don't use that, you use a simple little shovel. Yeah, a simple little shovel. You put down, push your foot on that, press down there. How many ends is going to cut in between the body? It is there. It is all there. It is the reality. So that's, that's why sometimes some teachers will tell you, you can't be so or righteous. And that is the reality. So what you do is you take the vow and you avoid as much as possible and where you cannot help, what do you do? You purify it. The negativity or negative karma is not a permanent. It is impermanent. 
Jabji Ling Rinpoche always says the negativity has one good quality. That is to be able to purify if you purify it. That is the good quality of negativity. So therefore, you have to purify. You cannot totally be a righteous. And these negatives are bound to happen, knowingly or unknowingly. When you take a vow, you're breaking vow. We're taking the vows almost to break it. So that almost that point, the millions of Bajrayana vows will break every day. The thousands of Mahayana vows will break every day. The hundreds of self-liberation vows will break every day. No matter how pure, how clear you might be, you will do. So, but one has to be learned enough to be able to purify it, to be able to handle that. And that's, I believe, how to live. And that's not for me to say. I'm, I've, my, me, in particularly in my profession today, I should be saying, no, you can't do that. You can't kill it. You can't do that. That was my job to tell. However, it's not reality. I am willing to call exterminator if necessary. I have to. When I'm living in Cherry Street, the raccoons come in, the uh, skunks come in, and the passons lie down there all the time, and you don't know what to do. <laughs> it's not there now, right? Not there because you know I have these thoughts and throwing over, and I keep on objecting, not throw outside. That's why all the raccoons and possums and skunks and all of them come to eat at all. Left over thought. So when you don't throw them out, they won't come. That's what it is. So you have to catch them, and you have to do all this, you know. You cannot live out of the house and leave the house for the incense to take over. If you can, that's a bodhisattva act. <laughs> leave the house for the incense. <laughs> Get out of it. <laughs> I'm not willing to. So, so <laughs> question about um, when you were talking about having vow of not killing and then just sitting just by sitting there breathing, you're creating the virtue of not killing. And if you don't have it, you don't have it. So similarly... What do you mean if you don't have it, you don't have it? If you don't have the vow of not killing, then by breathing you're not creating the virtue of not killing. That's right. But similarly, um, when a person takes refuge, there's the refuge advices. And even if they don't take the lay vows, then... That's a refuge vow. Refuge vow has the not to harm to other beings. That is, that's a positive and negative advisors of the refuge vow. Mm -hmm. So not to harm others is there. So so that that covers it in a way, even if you don't have the uh, five lay persons. No, no. I'm not talking about the Pratimoksha vows. I'm talking about the five lay vows. Yeah, that is part of Pratimoksha vow. Bhakti Moksha vow is divided into two categories to the monks' vows, monk nuns' vows, and lay vows. 
levels. Manganan vowels are divided into four. The le vowels are divided into, what is it, a couple of them too. Between the refuge vow and the pratimoksha vow, yes, so then the uh, the benefit or disadvantages of transgressing them would be proportional. Proportion means there's more vow, there's more virtue um, from not killing arising from a pratimoksha vow than there is no from it's the same thing. No, it's the same thing. If they are the same thing, then why would anybody take pratimoksha vows on top of taking refuge? The more vow do you take, the more better that you are. <laughs> Actually, right. Some Kappa says that in that little book. <laughs> just, because he said because of the amount that you actually it, end up keeping. It is reality, yeah, really. More vow do you take, more holy do you become. <laughs> if you break it, you break more worse. More worse. That is such a bad <laughs> You become more worse. But it's good thinking. It's true. I mean, that's true. I was about to say, if there's no question, I'll call it day. Go ahead. The creating positive karma for not killing. Um, if you don't have vows, do I understand that if you just don't kill, you don't accumulate any merit? But if you think I didn't about say merit. I'm saying, I'm saying positive karma. Positive karma. Positive karma and the merit, there's a difference there. I'm not sure how, but it is some, there's some difference. But if you want to kill someone... If you want to kill someone... And you decide not to, say you want to kill someone because... Um, the guy is being obnoxious. Because, you know, they've beat you up all you know, for a long time, and you think about killing them, say you're sitting there, thinking about killing them, and then you change your mind. Um, do you get the negative imprint of the karma of um, planning out killing the person and thinking about it for a long time? And the positive, you get both of them, right? But do you get like mental karma for thinking? Oh, mental karma, you know this. Normally, you know, remember during the karmic time beginning, I talked to you, I talked, and saying that it is more considered that action, physical and the verbal actions are more important than mental attitude. Physical and verbal actions and attitudes are more important than mental. The mind, you may be killing 100,000 people, but you really didn't kill. So you may have a little negative or bad thoughts, but you don't have bad karma of killing. Um, but you have an opportunity of killing the bad guy over here, and somehow you develop some kind of a compassion and let him leave, <laughs> and let him leave. And that creates a good karma, physically. Not because... You have compassion because you think they will suffer more than <laughs> being alive. There is something called Ninji Kolo in Tibetan. I don't not know how to say uh, in English, but somehow it's a sort of uh, uh, wrong compassion, twisted compassion, false compassion, false compassion. Yeah, it is true. You think. If this guy lives, he's going to get a given more trouble, create more negativity, 
and better for him to die. And but who are you to judge that? Right? Who are you? You're not a law. You're not the law of land or you're not the law of karma. And so we always we have to ask, who, who am I to judging anybody, to pass judgment to anybody? I mean, that is the reality. We cannot really judge anybody. Buddha himself said, He said, person like me, Buddha saying to himself, me or equals to me may make the decision of who's good and bad, but others should not because you may misunderstand, you may misjudge. And which is really true. Which is really true. We cannot pass any judgment to anybody. So who I who am I to make this decision and judge? So but even you think due to the compassion that I should kill him, but it will be false compassion. It becomes false compassion. That killing karma will be a complete killing karma. No discount at all. <laughs> On false compassion. Anyway, good thought. But to save your life, if you have to kill, that's a different issue. Even in the karma. You do have a killing karma, because you kill the other person. You do. But that killing karma might not be complete killing karma. It will become incomplete killing karma. Because certain actions, certain thoughts, certain things are not completed. And if you don't, you will lose your life. So that's a different issue. But false compassion and the passing a judgment is another issue. I think that's big difference. I hope it's not a technicality, but well, I hope it's not too much technicality. Okay. Uh, actually, I recognize the, the point of understanding the karma is to motivate us towards future karma that we're creating. I didn't say that. Well, it's of great interest for us to look towards getting out of samsara and freeing all sentient beings as opposed to trying to remedy any present tense situations. The greater is to look towards the future. Um, at the same time, I'm wondering about present tense karma. As our karma is ripe and we're born as who we are. We have the circumstances and the events that happen in our own lives. Did Buddha teach anything about what causes particular karmas to be ripened? I mean, why does this karma ripen versus that karma ripen? Because I have endless karma that, that could be for positive or negative. Any of those circumstances could happen at any time. By chance? By Sherlock? So it's just a chance? By, <laughs> by chance, by Sherlock? Or your previous life may have some kind of positive thing happened. So somebody, or either yourself or third person, may be able to link to that particular karma. There's a million things of possibilities. I don't think anybody can say. Well, I was wondering, because on, on the event of one's death, you have the various, you know, the, those various four points, I think. Yeah, no, not so four points, not four points. I mean, the idea of proximity and most familiar. Yeah, that's those, right, that's so right. Could that also be what's, I mean, is that playing in? Yes. Presently? To what yes, yes, for sure. And that is, I think, a factor too. Not only a 
planning, playing at the time, but I think it's a factor as well. That's what it makes difference. Otherwise, why should we have such a life? It should be different. Why not we are crooked? Why should we have all, everything's okay, perfect with us? Why not we are bald-headed? Why we grow hair on the head? All of this, you know, really counts for that. And of course, they may contribute to certain chemicals, but still, it's also a matter of karma too. Well, I think I call it a day.